Me? I love coaching. Now, I'm going to say this again, just so you didn't think it was a mistake the first time I said it. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. I want to rock right now. I'm your host and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. Man, you corny! <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back or welcome to Season 10 of the Raise Your Game Show. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. The focal point of this season is on core values and the principles, tenets, and standards that make up the foundation of what we believe and how we behave in every area of our life. More importantly, why having unparalleled clarity and conviction in our core values will drastically improve our decision-making, our performance, and our fulfillment. Joining me today is a longtime friend, Anna Goldstein. We connected after one of my speaking engagements several years ago, and I've been a huge fan of her work and her message ever since. Anna is a super successful business and life coach, podcast host, and the author of an amazing new book called Be Bold, A Guide to Unbreakable Confidence. She was kind enough to send me an advanced copy a few weeks ago, and I read it twice, cover to cover. It's a quick, easy, and highly practical guide that will help you stop listening to the voice in your head that says, you're not good enough. Since reading it, I've gifted it to several friends, all of whom have loved it. To order her book, or to get more information on her coaching services, check out AnnaGoldstein.com. In this series, Anna and I will be discussing her four primary core values, impact, spirituality, fun, and being bold. In today's episode, we will be focusing on being bold. So Anna, now we're here for our fourth and final one of your core values. We've talked about impact and spirituality, and of course, we've talked about fun. So now let's bring it home and let's talk about being bold, uh, which is also the title of your amazing book. I would love to hear why being bold is one of your core values kind of how you define it, or at least how do you think about being bold? And what was really the impetus for you writing your book? Yeah, you know, I think that being bold is something that I do in my life, but also something that I do in my work because so we have so many fears, you know, we're, we're afraid of what other people think. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of loss and it requires a level of being bold in our lives, you know, and especially if we want to, you know, make an impact, you know, we have to be bold. And when I'm, when I say bold, I mean, you know, things aren't always going to feel good. You know, we, we went from just talking about fun, but things that aren't always going to feel good, things are going to be uncomfortable and being bold is being with that discomfort and doing it anyways. Um, you know, similar to courage, right. Is that, you know, I would say bold, being bold and being courageous are very synonymous, but I think it's important to take risks because I don't, I certainly don't want to live with regret. And I certainly don't want you or anyone else to look back on their life and thought, you know, have thought to themselves, well, I could have done more, but I was just too scared. So I think that it's really about, you know, going after the things that first and foremost, really identifying what it is that you really want, because most of the time we don't, you know, when I often ask people, what do you want? They'll say, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and you can't go after it if you don't know what it is, or it's somebody else's, you know, regurgitated definition of what they want what somebody else wants or what you 
you know, have learned or picked up from society. But first and foremost, it's identifying what is it that I really want and then going after it. Yeah. And that does take a tremendous amount of courage. And uh, the other word I'm thinking of as you're describing how you feel about bold is, is the word confidence and that being bold can help build and increase confidence, uh, which is incredibly important. When we lean into our fears, uh, we lean into the discomfort, we lean into things that maybe we don't know if we can do or not, uh, that's going to build confidence. And then confidence helps, you know, build even more confidence. So I think a healthy combination of courage and confidence is, is how I'm envisioning bold. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think it's important to, to make mistakes. Um, I think we're so afraid uh, to make mistakes a lot of the time. Nobody wants to really make a mistake ever. <laughs> and I was like, woo, I made a mistake, but there's a lot of learning there. Um, but it does require you to, to really be willing to be bold to be willing to make those mistakes. And that's really where I, I added that one in. Talk, let's talk about your book a little bit. I mean, of, of all the areas of expertise you have and all of the wealth of information and even all of these different core values, why did you kind of single in on, on bold? I mean, not just for the title, but I think everything in that book kind of stems off of being bold, being courageous and being confident. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because I... I've, I historically, I should say, viewed myself as kind of this quiet, shy kid. I was always kind of popular and well-liked. I've always liked people. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and I was talented. I grew up playing tennis. Um, so I was able to kind of find my way and find my confidence through, um, I would say my passion for people and then also my talents. But I didn't really identify as somebody who was really, you know, outspoken or somebody who would raise their hand in class and, and share an answer. You know, I would kind of hold myself back and shy away more. That was more me. But in my adult life, I've realized that if I, if I want to create what I desire in my heart, that I must go after it, create it and be the leader in my own life first right? Mm -hmm. And it required me to build this, I want to say this like mental and emotional stamina of I'm going to do something that's scary for me. And in the process, I'm going to learn. And it was through that, that I really was able to find this, like, you know, this expansiveness and where I can, you know, now I'm not shy at all. I'll talk to anyone. I'll ask anybody, anything. I'll say things that are uncomfortable, that I'm afraid to say, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to, to be bold and, and speak out. And I find a lot of personal freedom from that. And, and also the freedom to create more. And, and then even from looking back on the mistakes or quote unquote failures, I think it's really important to identify and say, well, I survived that. So I'm okay. You know, I think that's how we build our confidence is actually through the mistakes and through the failures and understanding we, we expand our, our capacity to handle life when we fall down and we get ourselves back up. It requires a certain level of boldness. And through that, we, we build our confidence. Uh, most certainly. Well, based on that kind of explanation and definition along, and I know a lot of your work centers on dealing with that inner voice that I think everybody has on some level that says I'm unworthy or I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve this. And it sounds to me like 
you know, those three kind of mindsets is the exact opposite of being bold. So stepping into your boldness is what's going to help overcome those things. And for anyone, and, and, and I do, I think it's a human condition on some level, at least to smaller proportions to feel like we're not worthy or we're not good enough. So uh, how, when you're working with a coaching client and you can see, even if they can't quite articulate that, that that's kind of their biggest Achilles heel at the moment is not really believing in themselves and not being bold. What are some of the prompts or, or coaching techniques you use to try and get them to, to become more bold? Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, it's typically some fear that's getting in someone's way, right? So first is, is just being aware of what's the fear, but then there's another fear that we typically don't see is that the fear of not doing mm. and to make that bigger than the fear itself. Right. So like for me, for example, I was afraid of starting my own business. I had never done it before. It was very risky. I was living in New York City. I wanted to stay living in New York City. I was on my own completely. It, New York City isn't a, you know, it's a financially difficult city to live in if you're, if you're starting your own business from scratch. But I, was, I had this determination. But what really happened was I, I had this desire for a long time that I wanted to start my own business, but I was afraid but then I became more afraid of working for someone else and having somebody else control my destiny. And it wasn't until that other fear outweighed the fear of failing, really, is that the fear of like, oh, no, what if I'm hostage to somebody else telling me what to do all the time and I can't live this life of freedom that I want to live, that I was like, okay, I'm willing to commit. So I think it's really about making the the kind of under the other fears bigger than the fear you have itself. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. And I, I love that you can break it down in that case to a decision, because that's the other thing that, that I'm kind of ruminating on right now. I'm kind of equating it to discipline. I, you know, uh, lots of times folks will say to me, well, I'm not disciplined. And I'll say, well, I, I'm going to disagree with that because you're not it's not it's not black or white. Yes or no, A or B. It's either you consistently make disciplined decisions or you don't at any point in time you can change and start to make more disciplined decisions in your life and then by default i guess you'd become disciplined and it's the same thing with with boldness like even if i can look in the rearview mirror and say okay uh, historically i haven't made very many bold decisions i can change that at any point in time I can start making more bold decisions with the very next decision that I have to make. And I would imagine like a lot of things, it gets better with practice and gets better with repetition. You know, I loved your vulnerability in saying that now you're bold and, and you'll speak up and you'll say things that, that, that maybe could ruffle some feathers, but you have a confidence and a boldness now. I would imagine that just didn't appear out of nowhere, that you got stronger and better at that and you built your confidence over time because you said something and realized, hey, the world's still standing. So now I can say something again. Yep, everything's still fine. And, and you start to, to accrue that confidence as opposed to just think it's going to magically appear. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know this more than anyone else, Alan, is that, you know, it does come from practice and it's practice with the small things, right? So you're not going to just, you know, maybe you are just going to come out and be bold all of a sudden, right? Um, but I think it's really in the little things that we do over time that have the biggest impact. Um, you know, and when I'm talking to somebody who, you know, I, I once co coached a client who she just had like this desire on her bucket list, like she wanted to do stand up comedy. Mm. 
Like it was just like this thing. Right. And she had all these ideas about like, what if people laugh at me and what if I forget what I'm going to say? And, you know, I've, she's been told she was funny most of her life. And like, what if she isn't funny? What if she finds out like, she's really not that funny, but she had this desire. And I found that, um, you know, through her taking that action, which is pretty bold, right. Um, what happens, I would say 100% of the time when people come and report back to me after they've done something that they, they felt like was, was a big decision or a bold decision, they come back and they say, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Uh And when you have enough of those experiences, you learn it's never as bad as I think it was, (laughs) you know, or it isn't what I thought it would be, you know? Um, And so I, and then, and then you build this understanding that you can, you can take those actions and you'll be okay. And, you know, then you can do the things that you want to do and say the things that you want to say. Yeah. And you'll, I mean, that's, that's how you build resilience and that's how you build grit. And, and, and I know how big you are into Buddhism and I don't, I don't necessarily know if this comes from kind of a Buddhist teaching, but it's this concept of, well, there's no sense in suffering twice. There's no sense in, you know, worrying that no one's going to laugh and suffering that pain. And then if you get there and no one laughs, now you've suffered twice. Instead, why don't you just show up? And if, if no one laughs, no one laughs. And this really kind of piggybacks uh, on some of our previous conversations we've had with your other core values of not being too attached to those outcomes. I mean, obviously, if you're on stage in a comedy club and you have a microphone, the goal is to make people laugh. But don't be attached to that. Don't don't worry about it. Don't give your power away to whether or not you're doing a good job is based on whether or not a group of strangers laughs. Just show up and and give your best self. And as we've also talked about, if they don't laugh, then you can go back and rework your material or figure out why they didn't. Or can you change your timing or your delivery or your subject matter? And if you look at it more as it's just ongoing feedback like we get in life. Okay, I said a joke. No one laughed. How can I fix that joke or change that joke or maybe get rid of that joke completely? Uh, then you're not attached and, and the world is not going to end because a group of strangers didn't laugh. Yeah. And I think you, we can practice this. And, you know, I always invite clients to practice this in very small ways, um, you know, where it's like, you know, maybe you smile at someone that you normally don't, or maybe you speak up in a meeting when you normally don't. Like you look for those opportunities where you have those desires come up and then you kind of shut yourself down. You know, so these are like really small ways or like maybe you were going to say something to your spouse, but then you didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mean like holding yourself back on like something that you shouldn't say, but something that you wanted to say, right? Calling a loved one, reaching out and and telling them how you really feel or whatever it might be where you're holding, you, you know, the subtle shifts that you can make where you can start to practice like, okay, I'm going to do that thing because, you know now is the time and I'm going to be bold in this decision. And that's where we then, you know, it creates a different landscape of how you feel about yourself really, because you're not holding yourself back all the time. Yeah. I I just love the mindset of, of practice on the little things because there is no shortage of opportunities to practice on the little things. And that will help snowball into some confidence and some grit and some resilience which will allow you to tackle some of the bigger things. And it's it's even like we talked about before, dealing with adversities. You might as well practice on all of the little adversities that life throws at you. You know, uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic or you're in line at the grocery store and there's a very slow cashier and you're in a hurry. Like those are pretty minor trivial things in the big picture. What a great opportunity to practice patience or compassion so that when the big things hit, 
you know, like global pandemics, people losing jobs, people losing loved ones, you know, that you're able to take those things on because you've built those muscles. And I think it's the same thing with boldness. You know, we should all be looking for every little opportunity we can to step into a more bold existence. And then I just think we'll become more bold by default. Yeah, totally. It's that we become more, we can become more of ourselves and we can get to know more of ourselves as well. Well, we can put a pin in this episode. Thanks for investing your attention with us. I hope we helped you raise your game. Before you go, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you committed to ending 2021 on a high note? Are you open-minded to investing in your team's development or raising the game of the audience at your next event? If so, I've recently reorganized my content into four new programs. Each of these signature programs is highly customized and can be delivered as a captivating keynote, an interactive workshop, or a full day training. I have Raise Your Game to improve individual performance. Raise Their Game to improve leadership performance. Raise Our Game to improve organizational performance. And Raise Your Sales to improve sales performance. For more details on each of these programs or to invest in your team or event now, please visit allensteinjr.com. It is-